0: For winning Edge talks podcast, this podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio. If you wish to start your own podcast for free, visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform. You can start your own podcast with Hubhopper Studio and get your voice heard across. Platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcast, Wink Music, and more. Click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. You will now be listening to the audio recording of the video talk show I had with Mr. Raghuvir, a tennis player and coach. The topic of this discussion. W- will be the French Open 2021. Uh, good evening everyone. Welcome to the Winning uh, talk show. And uh, uh, today, I'm in conversation uh, with a tennis player and coach. coach. And uh, we are going to discuss on uh, the recently concluded uh, French Open. The French Open uh, got over just yesterday and uh, it was a, a scintillating tournament with uh, a wonderful tennis being played. Uh, The highlight was that uh, Novak Djokovic was able to uh, conquer the king of clay, Rafa Nadal, uh, who had already won 13 uh, uh, French Open titles. And uh, in this tournament, uh, Novak Djokovic beat him and uh, entered the finals. And now let's continue with this uh, discussion. And today I have with me Mr. Raghuvir Panaswamy, uh, welcome to the talk show, Mr. Raghuveer.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Uh, yes. Vishwanath. How are you? It's a pleasure having
0: you. I'm, I'm doing great. Okay. Uh, to, let me introduce uh, you, Mr. Raghuveer, to the uh, participants. Uh, Mr. Raghuveer Pandaswamy was a f- former tennis player. Then uh, uh, he went on to become India number 3 and uh, this was during the mid-80s. Then at that time, uh, he shifted his base to the United States and then started participating um, uh, in the uh, tournaments over there. He, he, was, uh, he was practicing and uh, prep, taking part in professional tournaments. Uh, he took part in the, it's called as the I-15 if I'm right, um, the European uh, circuit. Then uh, after uh, playing professional uh, tennis, he went on to join uh, Nick Tennis you. Academy <laughs> and um, Uh, He served there for 20 years as an assistant coach and he has uh, played with the likes of uh, uh, Andre Agassi, Monica Seles, Brad Gilbert, and such players. And after a stint of 20 years, he has come back to India and he is now uh, running his own tennis academy, the Raghur Tennis Academy at Mysore in Karnataka. Nice to have you, Mr. Raghur. Okay. Now, um, uh, uh, Coming to you, the French Open 2021 concluded yesterday. It was a highly successful uh, tournament and we were entertained to some wonderful tennis. The best part of this tournament was the spectators were allowed to uh, return to the stands. So, any tournament to be um, successful, the spectators need to be there. Uh, They need to cheer the players and uh, uh, that's when the tournament becomes successful.
1: Now, uh, what have you got to say about the recently con- concluded French Open Tournament? Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Vishwanath. From a coach's point, it was like a heartbreaking uh, uh, tournament. It was like a heartbreaking tournament for a coach to see this. Okay. As you know, Sitsipas won the first set and then he cruised on, he cruised on to win the second set. And then he kind of trickled down. Um, it was really a tough match to see uh, for all the, uh, uh, the, the spectators, everyone behind him, uh, for him to start to go down from there. Okay,
0: what do you th- say
1: about the overall uh,
0: uh, tournament that happened? on the spectators. We came back to the stands. And what do you say about the overall tournament that took place?
1: No, actually what happened was, uh, there were many players uh, we drew from the tournament. And the uh, uh, tournament kind of became just a little bit weak. But, however, it's a very good opportunity for the com- uh, upcoming uh, uh, players. You know, some of the players we drew and then it's really good. And then the the you know like these are professionals you know they don't wait for uh, people to watch them you know they can perform anywhere they want you know so it's really uh, these professionals they they're ready to perform.
0: Thank you. What I meant was uh, because of the pandemic in the previous uh, tournaments, the spectators were not allowed into the stands. This time, since uh, the number of uh, COVID cases reduced and countries have taken this decision they opened the um, stands to the spectators, and uh, now that the spectators have come back, uh, there was a lot of thrill, and you know, um, what is a, a contest without the spectators around? So, I was referring to that.
1: Yeah, I know. This, this, this is only for us, you know, people who are watching, for professionals, yes. they're out there for the trophy, yes. and they're not going to worry about who's who's around them. I know They're out there to perform. But from a uh, uh, match viewing um, point, you know, it, it was really good. They allowed, like, I think the 50% of the uh, stadium to be filled, and it it was really good, you know. Of course, uh, you know, the players like spectators, you know. So it was all overall, it was good. Fantastic.
0: Uh, what do you think about the highlights of the uh, tournament? Uh, what were the standout performances?
1: You know the uh, you know uh, as you uh, as you saw yesterday the standout performance by <laughs> Novak Djokovic. You know it was it, it was just superb. You know how you know like uh, uh, it it felt like he already had the trophy. You know, but if you if uh, uh, Sitsipas wants to win this trophy, come and get me. You know, you have to outbeat me. You know, you have to out rally me. You have to outplay my mental game then you can take this trophy. But he almost came close. After winning the first set and the second set, he almost came close. Something must have happened physically. And, you know, as you you see, you know, mentally also he became a little bit weak. Immediately, Novak took advantage of it.
0: Okay, we'll come to that as we go along. Uh, So you mean to say yesterday's uh, final was a standout performance. And uh, the other one, you know, the match that will be in everybody's memory, uh, uh, Noah, Rafa Nadal has always been known to be the king of clay and he has won 13 uh, French Open titles. What a record it is, a phenomenal record and people thought that he could never be beaten uh, on a final at uh, French Open. And, but that happened uh, day before yesterday on, uh, on Saturday, uh, yes, uh, when uh, Novak uh, beat uh, Rafa and uh, what do you say about that match?
1: Now, you know, uh, see, in that level uh, uh, between Novak, Roger Federer and uh, Rafael, you know, Rafal uh, spins a lot and the ball falls way short, you know, and these guys take advantage of it, you know, no matter how strong you are, how fit you are, how fast you are, no matter. But, the uh, you know, Novak has that upright swing and then he kind of hits a ball square. And uh, you know it with more accuracy. You know, Rafa kind of spins the ball, and then the ball falls short, and then you know that's where he gets into trouble.
0: Okay, but what do you say about the overall match? It was a sh- it was a shocking thing to have, to have Rafa to have lost at the French Open because he's already won thirteen times. Uh, people are saying uh, saying that the French Open has to be renamed as uh, Rafa Nadal Open. So that is a kind of standard he has set. Nobody ever thought that he could be beaten. Uh, Well, if he reaches the French Open, French Open, but that happened. What about the entire contest when uh, uh, Novak Djokovic was able to come out, you know, come out of himself and overcome this uh, opponent?
1: Yeah, I know. You know, I think uh, Novak is a little more uh, mentally tough, and then his stroke production is super.
0: We'll come yeah. to the we'll come to the technical aspects as we go along. Yeah. But I was talking about the overall contest. It was a wonderful contest, and that was the highlight of the tournament, according to me. And one more thing, I would like to remind you and the uh, our listeners um, and our viewers is that in the women's section uh, singles, uh, the la the la- the uh, last four or I mean the the top four who reached the. Uh, what a top four stage the players none of them had made to that stage earlier. It was the first time any one of them had made to the quarterfinal stage of a Grand Slam. That was another uh, uh, highlight of this tournament. Uh, none of those top women players had made to the uh, last four and uh, the, the players last four who reached they were the first time they were uh, at, that st- at that stage. So that was another point. So thank you Mr. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now uh, Roger Federer uh, he made a stage comeback after undergoing operation, but he he did well to reach the third uh, round. And in that match, he was extended to, I think, for a um, four-setter. And um, I think that was enough for him. And suddenly he withdrew from the tournament. What have you got to say about that?
1: No, it, uh, you know, Roger Federer is Roger Federer. Uh, he's coming back from the knee surgery, mm-hmm. you know. So, he knew that uh, Bennett, uh, it's going to be a long match. It's a tough match. Mm. Also, he's thinking ahead, you know, like Wimbledon and stuff. So, um, just to baby the feet, baby his knee, I think he kind of uh, gave in there.
0: Okay. Great. But uh, was it right, you know, that he withdrew from the tournament? Was it the right decision he took? Should he have uh, uh, continued because having given his... uh, Entry and having having uh, um, made himself available for the tournament, was it? Why did
1: he withdraw? Withdraw? No, definitely his intention was not that. Mm. His definitely his intent was intention was to finish the tournament, mm. but you know I think you know like uh, after the surgery I think he kind of uh, he knew the uh, the knees becoming weak, mm. and then there is a tough match ahead of him. So, he kind of um, uh, wanted to take give rest and then come back for the uh, mm-hmm. Wimbledon tournament. Yeah.
0: Um, what I understood, uh, he didn't want to take any more risks uh, so that uh, he was eyeing toe for the Wimbledon. Because on, on clay, the ball keeps coming back at you. But in Wimbledon, the point finishes much uh, earlier than right. uh, clay. You're right. so he, he, and the younger uh, players you know, with stronger legs make this um, elderly tennis player to run around. So that, that exposes him to the risk of uh, uh, injury yep. recurrence. And uh, so he's eyeing for the Father Wimbledon and uh, that right. so he comes back and uh, entertains us, right. again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Novak uh, Djokovic conquered the, the 13 time uh, uh, French Open winner, Rafa Nadal. Um, uh, then he survived a five set scare from um, Stefanos uh, Sissipas. Uh, what makes. Um, um, no, Novak Djokovic, an in, invincible player, you know, especially in this tournament, he looked definitely invincible. Uh, the uh, sure shot uh, uh, winner of the tournament. there were all the signs that he would go uh, on to win this tournament. So, what made him so good in this particular tournament?
1: I think, um, I think he was uh, he was almost like you know uh, that uh, Sitsipas is playing very well. I will do my best, and then he goes on to the court, and then his strokes and his uh, um, he kind of his body language was not that kind of a, a, a in a, a situation, you know. So that's why he kind of lost the first set, and then the badly on the second set. Then the, the third set, he kind of started going for the shots. He started to increase the speed and the shots, and then um, he saw. The city uh, was making mistakes and the, um, uh, fa- uh, the the hard shot. So that's a chance he took, and then he was hitting very square. And then his mistake was very very little. Uh-huh. I think that's what made him uh, change the mind, and then stay in that uh, speed only pace only. Yeah,
0: oh, he's he's an iconic player. You know, one of the greats of uh, tennis uh, history, and um, and. Um... What made him so special, especially in this tournament? So it was all quite evident for all of us, the kind of tennis he produced. And uh, he looked so uh, dominant on the court. And uh, uh, what made him so special, especially in this tournament? Because due to the pandemic, so many tournaments have been postponed. But they have have been uh, participating in almost all the tournaments, wherever they are allowed. And uh, uh, then living in the bubble, uh, living under... uh, lockdown restrictions is very hard. In spite of that, uh, Djokovic has uh, come back as even a better player than what he was. So that, that was quite evident in this tournament. What 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 did you notice? So Something that was so special in him in this tournament?
1: No, as you know, Novak uh, has got already like 10 years of experience. Yeah. He's mentally strong, physically tough, mm-hmm. and he reaches every ball, Uh so he's waiting for the he knows how to handle upcoming players he knows how to wait he knows how to hit the ball square and wait that's what made him win yesterday yeah and uh, there
0: was there is another factor i noticed these three top the greats were all pitched in one quarter one uh, one half so there the, the moment the draws were announced people were saying so the the semi final is most likely to be between two greats And uh, now that um, uh, Federer had withdrawn and um, he, you know, as he progressed, all that he had to take care of was uh, uh, Rafa Nadal. And if he did, he will definitely be in the finals. So the chances of winning this French Open for the second time in his life was greater than ever. So as you you already told, he's a great player and uh, he has such wonderful qualities uh, mentally as well as physically. So, definitely, there was no stopping him as far as this tournament was concerned. Uh, Okay, now, now, uh, see, Rafa is so strong on clay, especially in the French Open. And uh, how was uh, Joko able to conquer him at his uh, den? We say the lion was conquered in its den. Uh, How was Joko able to do that?
1: No, uh, like I said, you know, like... uh... Uh, when it comes down to stroke production, yes. the ball sits perfectly for Novak. When when Roger, when uh, Rafa hits a ball, it's so much spin and it is so short. Mm. And uh, Novak really hits the ball hard. And uh, that's what made him. If the ball trajects low and deep, then definitely Novak would go into trouble like Roger Federer does.
0: Okay. Uh, But you're all great coaches. You have played at the highest level and uh, you always look at it technically. From a layman's point of view, uh, as a technical man, as as a sports lover, I was treated to some wonderful tennis. It was unbelievable. Both of them producing perfect tennis and um, such perfection, I must say, you know, every ball landing inside the court, very less unforced errors and uh, it was very difficult to say who will get the better of the other. And... um, it was a standout performance. Uh, one of the, as uh, Novak Djokovic said, uh, that uh, he would rate that match as uh, one of the top three matches of his career, and the best he says in on on uh, at Roland Garros. So that was the kind of tennis they produced, out of the world. And um, I think Swartzman has come out and said that. Um, I wonder if uh, these two play the same game we play. So. That was the comment he has made. The person who reached the uh, quarterfinals, you know, uh, he, he has, That's the comment he has made. So it was somewhere out of the out of the world, out of, of some kind of a different planet. That that was the kind of tennis we saw, and we were treated to such a wonderful tennis. Okay. Um, now uh, you are talking about some um, the technical aspects uh, that happened in the finals. Uh,
1: now, um, now we should not. Yes, please we, go ahead. We, go ahead. We, we, before you do that, I want to ask you one uh, question. Mm-hmm. You know, these, uh, the, the, these top players, mm-hmm. you know, like top 10 players or top five players or, you know, like these guys, you know, mm-hmm. how do they mentally get tough to be in that situation, like to come to that level?
0: Mental toughness. Yeah, it's a very, very important factor when you talk about uh, the uh, mental aspects of the game, because the mind is at, at the highest level, it is only the mind uh, that that counts that separates the best from the rest. That's what he said. So now both uh, Djokovic and uh, now Rafa Nadal have come out with some quotes. They have said that uh, you can't make out when you see the practice quotes you know, with the uh, top players, with players in action, you can't make out the difference between world number uh, one, two, five, or hundred because they are all well built, very strong. They're hitting the ball very well, but It is in a competition, under pressure, how they hit the ball is what counts. What they were referring to is, it is a a competition that separates the best from the Reds. It it is a competition that brings out the best. And it is in the competition that the uh, great pressure players thrive under pressure. It's pressure that they are able to handle. So mentally, as you said, mentally, these players are uh, uh, the top 10 players are very tough especially that, that, that the best three for whom we call uh, the, are, uh, federal Rafa and Joko they are really mentally tough and uh, they have been there many times they know what it means right they have been at that that situations you know they have been there many 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 times they have lived Correct. under pressure they have thrived under pressure what nail biting uh, pressure so hard it is uh, to be at that situation and um, and it is because of that experience. They know what to do in those situations. That's what brings them. The best is the passion, and it's now is for them. It's not about just about winning titles and making money and the fame. It's about getting the better of the other player to yeah. to better themselves. Now they are their own competitors. Now they are setting their own benchmarks. They are on their they, they were they go on thirty now now twenty Grand Slams is what uh, Rafa and uh, Federer have achieved. They want to do more. They want to end up as the highest. Now, uh, Joker is chasing them with 19 Grand Slam, yesterday he is 19th. So it is just uh, finishing as the best, you know, best in business, to be called as the best. This is what they are aiming for. And uh, they're raising their standards as they go along, they want to improve. And yeah. uh, there was a time when uh, people used to say, Roger Federer, didn't his, uh, he didn't have a very good back end. Then he went on to improve his backhand in such a way that his uh, single-handed backhand was such a deadly weapon for him as he progressed. So Mm -hmm. they don't leave any stone unturned. They get better of themselves. So they are mentally tough and um, they develop their mental toughness as they go along. And uh, uh, these mental strategies uh, is what they would have worked upon as they grew in their uh, careers. And um, they they were honing their uh, mental skills and uh, the the tournament, the atmosphere, the experiences groomed them. As they knew, they know now what to do uh, at the highest level. And even uh, for the other other players to go, to come to that level, uh, yes, they will also have uh, those qualities. Uh, otherwise, you can't so easily be there. Because as yeah. we already mentioned, that at the highest level, they are all equal as far as the physique and skills are concerned. And it is yeah. the mind that uh, matters at the highest level. Yeah.
1: Okay. And uh, my my other question is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the beginning of the, uh, in uh, I don't know whether you noticed, you know, I don't know whether you started, you you watched the match from the beginning, you know, sitship was... you could see, uh, he was kind of happy, and he was happy to be there, and he was not, not nervous, and I think uh, psychologically he was strong, mm. and then as the as the as the match goes on even after the second set, after the first set second set he was i think he had like a, 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 a an iota of doubt mm-hmm. in his mind so like like you know you, you think that psychologically he became a little bit weak little bit
0: weak uh yeah that's what i could see uh because even though he didn't show off uh, i i thought i as i agree with you when you said he had a little doubt in his mind and this doubt was created by his uh, uh, by his great opponent okay now uh, when the, i heard the commentators say that in the past seven or eight months um, uh, Stefanos sisipas uh, has become uh, very mentally strong and uh, he, is, he is now more patient he's not hurrying to finish his points so even he has um, worked a great deal on his uh, fitness so now Uh, There is his style of play, his kind of uh, play, uh, his own style that has taken him to this level. And uh, at this level, uh, maybe that is the only uh, kind of play that he was uh, dependent upon. He was producing it again and again, uh, not to go too much for aggression, keep the ball in play and force the opponent to make the mistakes. It was working for him. Even against uh, Zverev, he, he won the first two sets and uh, it worked for him and where in the first two sets Zverev was making a lot of unforced errors and when in the third set onwards whereas started attacking him he started playing aggressive tennis and for him for in, the, in those two sets uh, which uh, Sissipas lost he, he seemed a bit lost you know then somehow he was able to get back uh, he he remained mentally calm he didn't he didn't lose his cool he didn't become nervous uh, he 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 kept it he kept at it, fought back, and he was able to win the final set. So, this is what even uh, uh, Djokovic did. He attacked him in the third set onwards. That's how the match turned on its heels. So, it became two all. And, um, but uh, I must compliment uh, Sissipas also uh, for giving Djokovic uh, a good fight. Uh, to, we could see that he was very calm uh, from the body language. And... Um, uh, he didn't lose his school uh, too quickly. He didn't show off in the body language that he was weak. And uh, uh, he, was, he was looking very composed. Uh, uh, the, then he was able to extend the match to the uh, fifth set. Uh, that's what I could see from his game. But uh, when um, uh, Joko changed the game from the third set onwards, he started creating angles. He started hitting the ball deep into the corners, then started making a lot of uh, drop shots this slice and that uh, whatever you call it, then uh, he tricked uh, Sissipas into different uh, situations because he knows how to tame the upcoming players, as you said, then uh, to, to which uh, Sissipas didn't have a ready answer. Uh, but somehow he could make up with his uh, ball uh, control and consistency and he could able to extend the game to the
1: uh, final set. Uh, yeah, yes. but also... You know, these uh, three guys, uh, Roger, Novak and Rafa, uh, of course, they're mentally tough and, uh, you know, um, physically equally tough. Uh, uh, Sitsipas and uh, Alexander, they are in over the uh, period of time, like three, four years, they'll also become mentally tough and uh, uh, physically, uh, I mean, like uh, uh, very tough also, right? As they play the uh, tournament. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yes.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah uh, was that your question, sir?
1: Yeah, like uh, the, that mental toughness will become uh, uh, like do, do they have to work on it or do they have to learn or that it will become automatically over 3-4 years uh, as you play? Yes,
0: no, even with the other players if you should just simply look at the top 10 seats in the world. They are all mentally tough because without that they won't have reached there. Uh, it's already there with them. Now, now uh, it is important for them to learn how to mentally stay strong in those situations uh, because now they have not been in those situations earlier uh, because even though they have the game, the changing match situations, the scores that keeps fluctuating and uh, their desperation to win their first Grand Slam and the disappointment if they see that's what happened to CCC Pass. Two up, and then it suddenly becomes two all. Now he's disappointed. I mean, maybe those thoughts are working. in right. And yeah, without right. him knowing, suddenly there might be that little bit of stress inside that would also act right. on the body. Now he may not be able to focus. And he may be thinking. Right. He's still right. thinking about what happened in the previous two sets. He's thinking, right. oh, what a wonderful opportunity I missed. Uh, I should have grabbed it. You know, What a wonderful chance it was. Two yeah. up again, Djokovic. Unbelievable. That just one set. Maybe he's still thinking about it. Maybe what happens is in the mood state, when your mood state goes down, when you suddenly lose that mood, get become negative. So you will suddenly become a little worried or sad in the mind that, you know, when you put your head down, you know, if you're ruining those last opportunities, suddenly it acts on your body also. That intensity comes down and uh, you are uh, the, 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 the to, to fight back also goes down. All that is a, uh, side effect, you know, the effect of uh, you you're not able to be in the same mental state as you were uh, before. And, um, and uh, now I just remember, as you reminded, you know, the, during the award uh, ceremony, uh, when um, uh, Djokovic was asked to speak, he said, um, Stephanos, I know what you're going through and uh, we've all been through that stage. And, uh, but, uh, I, but what you learned today, uh, being in this situation, will take you a long way, long way. You're still young. You so will go on to win more Grand Slams. Now, what he meant was uh, what he learned, this is not; it cannot be taught, it can't be taught, you can't learn from any book also. What he learned out of the experience, that will stand a long way with him. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, the next time he goes there, he'll be thinking that, oh, I have been in this situation before. Uh, next yeah. time when he meets uh, uh, Joko and David, when he's two, uh, two, two games up, you know, two sets up, He'll win the third he'll, set. He'll be, oh, I don't want that to repair. I'll be doing something different. <laughs> yeah, correct. Everybody, everybody yeah. learns with experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. So experience
0: is the best teacher. Right, no? Exactly. As people have said. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, talking about mental toughness, so briefly, uh, it's, it's a very big uh, spoken term these days and a lot of connotations given to that. But mm-hmm. thinking in a very simple way, you know, uh, as a common man, uh, what would you say Is mental toughness, you know? Now, would you like to answer the question? What, according to you, is the
1: mental toughness? No, the the mental toughness comes from playing in a different situation, Mm. different places. Mm. Yeah. Same thing, over 10 years, they have developed this. Yeah, playing under pressure. Yeah. So, all these things make them mentally very tough. The situations, more than you say, you have experience. I think uh, this uh, Sitsi pass is uh, um, it is like a first step that he is going to experience this. And uh, it's the same thing when you play tiebreakers. Also, yes. you have to you have to have a lot of experience playing. You you must have played a lot of uh, academy uh, tiebreakers to come out and play perform under pressure in a tournament in a professional tournament. So experience counts a lot and then they wait they wait wait and then you know they they really perform very well uh, yeah. under pressure yeah
0: now uh, uh, when it comes to mental toughness uh, before we go on to define mental toughness in a scientific way uh, what is written in or uh, psychology books okay now wh- let me let us we can understand mental toughness better the while we when you look when you think of uh, what is weakness mental weakness let's say who who would you call as a mentally weak player. A mentally weak player is who breaks down when there is a lot of pressure, when uh, his ability comes down and the opponent is too strong, when uh, he gives up easily. One definition of mental toughness is a mentally tough guy is one who doesn't give up easily. If you give up easily, that means you are not mentally strong. That is one's very good quality. You should not give up. You should should be able to come back. You know, not give up and be resilient enough to come back. Even if you're lost, love too down, you should be able to forget all those, uh, uh, yeah. you know, all those, you know, all those points where you were in, where you were leading or small things that went, slipped from your hands. Forget all that. And you should, you will be able to come back. You, when you are able to come back, then that means you're mentally tougher. And from yeah. the scientific point of view, what they say, uh, if you say that I want to be mentally tough, Simply saying I want to be mentally tough will not be uh, useful. Uh, meaning, uh, uh, when is the time when you give up? When you give up is when the pressure is too high, when the challenge is too high, when the opponent is too good for you. And you, when you're having a very big uh, unrealistic um, expectations, you know unrealistic expectations, which you mm. cannot fulfill, then uh, suddenly you feel that, you're against the wall and uh, challenge is too high, the opponent is leading, then you feel like giving up. What yeah. the, these guys have learned is, their mantra now is not to focus on the uh, result. Whatever has happened, they believe that I can still come back into the game. That's what Joko did yesterday. From loud yeah. to there, loud to down, we thought the match was over. It has happened yeah. so many times. From loud yeah. to down, they'll make it all. they will make it 2-all. They will only be thinking about the 2-all and not yeah. the low 3. And they yeah, say exactly. I can still make it. I have the game to go. Be make it to love to all. Yeah. That's what he did. So now the great yeah, people believe in yeah. what is possible. Uh, yeah. Winners think of what they want. Losers yeah. think of what they they don't want to happen to them. So only yeah. really they are thinking about the negative. Winners think what about what they want. So yeah. they think about the possibilities, not on the shortcomings. So correct, that's, correct. Uh, that's what the mentally tough people uh, think about. They are they, in the... See, there that, is the moment that, yeah. that, that When you focus on the result, you become mentally weak. When you don't focus on the result, say that, even if I lose this match, I will give a tough fight. I will not let go easily. I will stick on to every ball. I will give the best possible uh, reply. I will be the best possible uh, return. Yeah. I will fight. I will yeah. not allow that guy to take it easily from me. I will just yeah. let let's see what happens. That's what the yeah. Federer has said. He says yeah. uh, so many times, uh, when the match is just uh, halfway through, he says, "I don't know what is going to happen. I never give up in any, any situation." He says,
1: yeah.
0: "I fight till the end." That is mental toughness
1: in simple terms.
0: Yeah, thank you, sir.
1: Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, I, you know, like uh, in my academy also, yes. I have sent like five, six kids, my student to you, and. Yeah. I, yeah. And ever since they come to you and they've come back and really I can see the difference in them. Oh. You know, they, they can they, they, I see a difference. I, I can only see the uh, uh, difference in like, you know, in, in coaching, like physical thing, you know, okay. but after your uh, session, really they could see the difference and they're looking forward now oh. to play and to compete and Thank you. That, that is what uh, I make them have, I perform, you know? change their mindset. that's very mindset. good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you.
0: Mindset to a winner's mindset and a positive mindset. I help them not to think more about the result. Focus on the process. Uh, play well. Play yeah. each ball well. Don't fo- yeah. think too far ahead. Yeah. Just focus on the next ball. Give it a, yeah. good, a proper reply. Then yeah. the more you use is, is, is the result that is the big problem. That is yeah. what causes the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Always thinking about the result. Instead, they should think about the process. If the process comes out well, if the performance comes out well, the result will also come in your favor. The result yeah. will fast your feet, the people say. When you have done well, naturally the result will be yours. So always focus on the process. Uh, be, be, uh, don't think too far ahead. Uh, be in the present. Just think of one ball at a time. Give it the best yes. possible reply. Keep your head empty, you know. Don't have too many thoughts. Don't overthink. Don't overthink about what has happened in the previous point. previous ball is gone. So you can't bring it back in your life. So focus on the next ball. Uh, Let go of what has happened. That if you, it's not easy in the beginning because every young player wants to win. That's what they have been taught as from the younger days. Mm -hmm. It is uh, good to win and bad to lose. It's Mm -hmm. good to be a winner. So, uh, they always want to win. It's, they have learned that from a very, very, very small age. Now, they always believe that um, I have to win. It's bad to lose. So that it has to go out from the head. So unless they make mistakes, unless they lose, they have no way they are going to improve. This is what I tell them about. They say, slowly you have to bring a change around. It's not a shame to lose. When you are young, you need to lose. That's what will make you more tougher, better player as you go along. That's when you learn. uh, So, there are some simple things I tell them. I'm happy that I... Uh, Now, uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to mention about this thing. Uh, uh, When you look at uh, um, what Djokovic, after he had lost the second set, uh, he was a slightly ruffled, uh, but uh, he didn't show too much, but uh, uh, he didn't create a big scene, you know, and then... uh, He went back on the court, always believed that uh, he he has a tremendous self-belief. And because he has already proved, there's nothing uh, much he needs to prove. He's already proved himself. And all that, his records, his confidence, his self-belief, he said, I can come back. And uh, about him is, he doesn't show. He's uh, very cool, calm and composed. So that's one of the highlights of all these great players. Uh, But uh, when you look at uh, Roger Federer, uh, according to me, uh, I, I, there is no better uh, uh, example for uh, emotional intelligence in sports than Roger Federer. The other person I can think of is Mohinder Singh Dhoni. In, in any situation, they don't show their emotions. They are so much, so much in emo- control of their emotions. Now, now Djokovic has come to that uh, level. Uh, he doesn't show off his emotions. Uh, he is very calm, composed, and um, I. That's what takes them, there, you know, the, the sport is all about emotions, handling your emotions. The moment you under fear, you fear of that what may happen, you become nervous, anxious, then uh, it's going to work on your body also. The, the smoothness in execution goes and uh, definitely you'll be thinking a lot. So focus will go automatically, confidence will come down and a whole lot of things happens, the stress response, which will bring down your game, ultimately you will lose. So it's all about controlling your emotions, That what competitive sports is all about. This is what they have conquered. And uh, the, the kind of things they do extra. Now, the, we smart minds them extraordinary. So when you do those extra things, that that is one of the things is your mental training. All these people have become a lot more spiritual in their way of thinking. They do a lot of meditation and uh, their the way of thinking has definitely changed. Now, now uh, younger players, you know, they spend a lot of money. They it needs to uh, you need to spend uh, so much money. You know, traveling all around the world in the circuit. Understandable that uh, they have to keep winning and keep making money. And uh, but uh, at some stage, these players understood that it's not that if you chase money and fame and everything, um, this is not going to work for you. Uh, you cannot maintain the same consistency. You, you can't be thinking about those those are all uh, byproducts of uh, your work ethics what your work ethics the kind of uh, performance you produce and for that they know how to how well they have to train themselves mentally how to be calm you know not to be unruffled and uh, just go on with the business and things will happen uh, that's what Federer keeps telling all the time you know i i'm not uh, overawed by the situation i always believe that i can come back i can make it uh, in my favor, uh, So I, I, he tries to really be calm. When you are calm, your mind works. When you are worked up, when you are stressed, automatically you are it's like a t- traffic jam. Your mind doesn't work properly. You can't think properly. So many times overthinking leads to choking, where you you don't know what is happening at all. And this this will also definitely psych will lead to the soma. Then the body will also tense up. Your heartbeat increases. Your uh, breathing increases. And heartbeat increases, you will lose patience. The the, first indicator of losing patience is your heartbeat. It goes up suddenly. And then when you're not patient, you're not patient enough to wait for the right ball to finish. You simply rush and then try to finish it for the wrong ball and definitely you will not get your point. So it's about keeping that, uh, the real estate between the two years, what we call, uh, that is is keeping your head in place, uh, always uh, making, uh, being aware of what is happening uh, in your mind. That is the core to the performance. So, um, how is, where is the tennis heading from here on? Uh, with uh, um, Roger already at the sunset of his career and uh, uh, Rafa is 35, Joko is 34, uh, where is the sport heading? But but from what I could see from when you were all playing in the 80s and the 90s, maybe the early 2000, at least there were 10 people, 10 players um, um, pushing the top three from below, you know, pr- pr- giving them uh, uh, nightmares, you know. Anybody could reach uh, the top four in the finals, whatever. But uh, that's not happening off late, you know. You only see about three or four players repeatedly come to the uh,
1: top four, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I know uh, these uh, these upcoming players, they're uh, even, uh, like, for example, uh, your stroke production has to be so perfect. You know, Novak can show this side and hit that side. You know, those are all very good tricks. You know, whereas Sitsipas, uh, he kind of forecasts his uh, stroking. You know, he we know he's going down the line. He's going cross-court. Same thing. And also, uh, your stroke production has to be at least... Uh, to the minimum of 14-15 uh, effective stroking you know uh, if you are not able to do that you cannot beat these three guys these, mm-hmm. these guys are going to be there next 10 years also mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so you could make out even Alex also Alex also he is not able to rally more than effective rally more than 4 or 5 Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so that's where uh, I think uh, these guys are tough. You know, Novak is very, very tough in rallying. When you go to the rally, he is is out there to stay on the court. You know, he will hit one extra ball. Mm -hmm. You know, so so that's what it is. You know, you guys have to come up with a better plan to beat these guys. Mm
0: -hmm. So what do they need to do to keep uh, that kind of ball control? We were amazed to see that every ball was landing inside the court as though the ball was meant to be inside the court and it, it will not go out. Every ball was inside the court and that too deep, you know, baselines, sidelines. Every ball was so deep, corners. And uh, what do they need to do? How do they develop, you know, uh, this kind
1: of ball control? What do you teach them? Yeah, that's exactly it. what you said. The ball control, you have to have a better ball control than them and you have to sustain then only you will beat these three guys. How do, will they develop that ball control? How to learn? Yeah, it, it's a practice. It's a practice. You have to do it. Yeah. And um, um, I think these upcoming youngsters are not spent. They're, they're extremely talented. There is no doubt. I don't think they're on the court practicing all their shots and uh, yeah, uh, getting mentally tough, I think. Yeah. Whereas if you see Joe, Joe Novak and all, they are very careful in eating, drinking, you know, they go to bed early and stuff, you know. These upcoming uh, players, I don't think they, they are very religious about their uh, ritual. You about the yes. discipline
0: part. The self yeah,
1: discipline. Discipline, yeah. yeah, discipline, yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, definitely uh, work Work is important. The more you play, the better you become. So what happens exactly. if you do hard work? We say that when you do hard work, Exactly. Uh, with hard work, you will always get better and better. But exactly. what happens in the brain also with hard work? Uh, your neuronal network becomes uh, facilitated, what we call. So there is a lot of change in the uh, white matter. There's a myelin, myelin sheathing happens. There's a very technical scientific explanation. But when you when you practice more and more, the same thing, you get better at it all the time. As is a known fact, you know. It's a, it's an open secret, you know. As broad as daylight. So, you, the more you play, the better you get at it. So, it's a, it's a theory of repetition. They keep repeating the same thing again and again and again. They don't give up uh, that easily. They the kind of those, they work so much. Even Ronaldo has uh, said in an interview, um, he's the first one to be there. And um, every day, they kind of sacrifice the, the amount of practice they do what
1: means yeah. team, uh, takes them. exactly exactly yeah i i think because you know the the tournament are so tightly scheduled they have to play every week and um, that's where uh, i think that's where they go you know sometimes they even get injured you know they should give breaks they should take rest they should practice nicely on the week um, on your uh, on your problems on your weaknesses you got to practice you got to hit so many balls you got to have that coach and then practice those you can see you know some of the uh, rallies sit hit it's a miss hit mm. it was a miss hit how can a professional player miss hit like that so that shows lack of practice uh-huh. and, uh, and definitely
0: the pressure also the kind of pressure the opponent creates because of pressure also he can miss
1: it exactly yeah, yeah. When you're playing these three guys, it's not easy for you. You have to come with a better stroking, yeah, better stroke production. Yeah. And that's no, where they are. There's no uh, there's no
0: shortcut as uh, there is no shortcut, yeah. Yeah. You it's only in the dictionary they say no the S comes before W. <laughs> success comes before it's only <laughs> is what I, say. I mean life, you uh, know, work should come first, then they success. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about hard work, work, work. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, there was a very wonderful quote from uh, Sam Sneed, the golfer, who said, uh, yeah. whenever I worked hard, I was lucky. So when you work hard, uh, yeah. automatically luck favors you. Uh, yeah. How it happens, we don't know. Uh, yeah.
1: history,
0: we saw that the yeah. top shots fell on the edge of the net and just fell on the other yeah. side. Nobody can return. So these things happen for you because you're yeah, putting all the you. other you're right. hard yards and uh, it right. favors you.
1: Uh, yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Um. Thank you, sir. Thank you for thank all you. your inputs. Yeah, thank thank you, Shana. To you uh, you yeah. shared your rich thank
0: experience you. in this uh, field of tennis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Shana. In the yeah. and 80s. And, yeah. uh, I wish you player more produce more players from Myself yeah. as well as from Karnataka and yeah. uh, you take tennis to even much uh, higher uh, yeah. straits. And yeah. uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, yeah. uh, we've yeah. answered uh, yeah. all the questions. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, with Wimbledon coming, uh, we we'll hope uh, to see even there yeah. uh, you know.
1: Yeah, sure. Corner,
0: yeah. corner, and we still, you know, uh, what happened yesterday in the last 48 hours is still ringing in our uh, memory, you know, still so fresh, and uh, we've treated to some wonderful tennis. So yes, yeah, it wonderful tennis, yeah. And, uh, and, and one last question, no? it's all about the loneliness. The other day, somebody pointed out to me, tennis is a lonely game and uh, how much it affects them. They are not even allowed to talk to the coach. They travel alone in, unless they have a support team. It's such a lonely game and uh, they have to suffer for themselves. They can't even uh, you know, talk to the coach even at the end of a game or a, end of a set. They can't even talk to their coach. That makes tennis even more uh, a lonely game. And uh, what do you say about the bio restrictions that has happened these days? Uh, living within the bio-bubble restrictions is so hard. Uh, you just can't go out, practice, mingle with people, socialize. Uh, they can't do anything. And now, um, oh, so much, so many uh, sports all over the world. They're not able to go out and practice, especially in countries where the COVID is on the rise, you know, where, uh, there are too many cases of uh, COVID positive and uh, it's really hard on the athletes. Um, they are all going through a tough time. Uh, let's hope the pandemic gets over as quickly as possible and uh, yeah. hope sport come back to its uh, uh, yeah. original glory, you know. Yeah, glory. correct. And uh, uh, Olympics is also around the corner. Um,
1: around the corner, yeah. For, yeah.
0: So we're in for a great treat. Uh, yeah. Unless uh, the COVID-19 virus uh, uh, doesn't cause too much of a havoc, so we're in for a great uh, treat, you know. Yeah. So yeah. thank you, Mr. Raghuvir, for being Thank you, me. Shana. Thank you. Yes.